2: It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase.
3: Every time you buy a red pepper, you're saving over years and years. Come on, that's got to be something. It's got to add up to at least 10 cents.
2: Jeremy White.
3: A weekly purchase of a red pepper. Yeah. You think you're saving $100 in your lifetime.
2: Sneaky Joe DiBiase. All right, I have the bag. Going on the scale. It does not register one thing.
3: Not registers. There it is. Come on. There it is. Nothing. 0. Kev- Kevin you've done a great service today Thanks. you didn't hit the zero is there a zeroing out button or anything you didn't hit that by accident
2: On WGR sports radio 550
3: all right good morning, good morning. it's a uh, it's Jeremy White sneaky Joe it's a game night big game and the last sighted and the last game of all time 11 days <laughs> what right. are we gonna do for 11 days? Is this, the, is this uh, the worst sports weekend of the year? I mean, Arsenal plays and Josh plays in uh, the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Okay, not, well, that's not bad, but it's it's all the gimmicky stuff this weekend, and we're right in the heat of everything. Right, like we yeah. have been, we've been spoiled for how long because we've had football and we've had hockey going here with the Sabers, and yeah. we we had the FIFA World Cup. Like we've just been jam packed with sports for like six months, and now I get. It's what, what What's going on at the Pro Bowl games again? <laughs> I'm going to have Dawkins playing golf? Yeah. I'm gonna have You're going to or as you said, I'm going to have Josh playing golf. Josh will be playing golf, but there is a longest drive competition at the Pro Bowl games. Okay, so I'm so, going to find out how far, yeah. So some guys will be swinging golf clubs, yeah. How far can is DeAndre Hopkins in the Pro Bowl? How far can DK Metcalf hit a golf ball? Dodgeball, ball. All right. I guess you're right that there's a pretty significant drop-off from... You know the last couple weeks to this week, it's the NFL playoffs. To the NFL, basically, has a battle of the network stars, which you might you're not right. remember what that is. They used to have it where I know of it. Though. People from yeah. your favorite television shows would do obstacle courses on ABC on a Saturday at noon, and I you, would watch that this weekend. Yeah, they should bring those back probably. Sure. So yeah, it's it's uh, it can be it can be tough. I might pick you know if you're going worse weekends, and the week after the Super Bowl's not great either. Mm-hmm. Although you get the Daytona 500, okay, right, that got moved a week off of where it normally was once the NFL schedule moved. So, yeah, you have golf starting to kick back up. Although I guess you have that this week too. Maybe that's right. That's right. Golf helps. You know, the summer gets gets some dry moments, but baseball fans get baseball. I don't really care too much about that, but there's that. They're, but they're less for the Sabers, their last game in 11 days. They've got this big lengthy all star all star break and the bye, basically, mm-hmm. and. If they win tonight, they they will, whether it's regulation or overtime or shootout, if they win tonight, they will be in a playoff spot in the month of February, which is, um, well, speaking of big changes from one period to the next, Joe, it's about as good as you could possibly ask for from this team, right? Oh, yeah. We are, we've said it a few times, we're watching a playoff race right now. The Sabres are currently in a playoff race, and by this time tomorrow, they could be in a playoff spot which would be quite an accomplishment. I think You know, they have the longest drought in North American sports, right? The Sabres do. The Sabres and the Jets are tied. Uh, Sacramento Kings. Oh, okay, the Kings. But but they're, they're trending. They're like in third place in the West. Yes. So, so, so they're probably going to make it. They might make it, and they might end their drought. And the Sabres have the longest drought, at least in the NHL. Yep. To end this 11-game drought, I was thinking about we've, we've been through a team breaking a drought, the 17-year drought for the Bills. I don't think that if it gets to be – April whatever the last day of the season is April 11th and there's a Saturday afternoon game where the Rangers beat the Islanders 3 to 1 mm. we are running down the street like we were when Tyler Boyd scored that touchdown in Baltimore to to send the Bills are, to the playoffs You sure? I'm sure. What if it what what if it happens in a similar fashion that the Bengals Ravens game ended which is coming from out of nowhere you don't think this is going to happen like I don't know. Two breakaways in the final minute. Yeah, like Columbus <laughs> is playing. Columbus playing the Capitals. That happened last night. Yeah. The Sabres need Columbus to win the game, and they're in the playoffs, and they're down two with a minute to go. And they score an empty netter, and then right at the buzzer as well. And they and they win it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen the same way. Okay. I don't. I don't think you would get TikToks and Snapchats of Bills fans going or Sabres fans reacting in the same way. It doesn't mean they wouldn't be as happy. Of course, you'd be happy to make the playoffs, but. What a, that can't happen, by the way. Well, I guess it could, but the Sabres actually finished the season with the Blue Jackets okay. on April 14th. So I picked the only team that is, would not work for this. Is that home? That's, a, that's away. Ah, okay. Would have been nice Which, if it was home. Hey, that could get your uh, TikTok videos. The Sabres score an overtime winning goal to that's make right. the playoffs. It'd be pretty on the good. road? It'd be good to take over that building on that yep. day. Look at us. We're already fast-forwarding to the last day of the season yep. with a chance to clinch the playoffs. I mean, don't we think, there are, don't we think there's a really good chance there at the least... Playing for something on that final night? What's more likely? This is a fun question. And eight zero three zero five fifty to join us on the Sabres drought, which, by the way, big game tonight. Carolina's it's a big game. What's more likely? That game means something. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, let me start over. What's more likely? That game doesn't mean anything because, A, they're already in, mm-hmm. or, B, they're already out. Which is more likely of those two scenarios? It doesn't matter because they're Ooh. already in or it doesn't matter because they're already out. They're, I'm a, I might want to say it's more likely because they're already in. Wouldn't you? Right? Like, wouldn't yeah. you want to say that? That it's more yeah. likely they don't need the two points to lock up the eight spot because, you know, in the, in the NHL, the way the playoffs work these these days, last year the playoff teams were decided by Thanksgiving. Oh, by this time it was over. Yeah. Not and even close. This this is almost a yeah. little bit of a rare occasion where you probably have a good number of teams in the East that are still in it for those last couple spots. Mm-hmm. Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Islanders, Florida, they are all separated by six points. And, you know, take Washington out of there. I've got four teams that are three points apart. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Islanders, and Florida, all for one spot. Right. And with a good chunk of the season left, that that looks like it's a good Eastern Conference race. Last year, the 8th and ninth place teams, they finished 20 points apart. Yeah, it was it was it was double digits. At least. It was Washington finishing with a hundred in eighth place, and the Islanders were in ninth with eighty four. Like that Aha. race, the race was yeah. over in the Eastern Conference a year ago. Basically, in February, it was over. So you've got the Sabers here in this race, and you know, talking about all the things that this team has done right since the Eichel trade, because the Eichel trade something that works out obviously great for them. Mm-hmm. Not even for Krebs with the picks. Just talk has be- just talk. Just talk has been good enough to make that tra- not only on the ice, off the ice the perfect fit. It's amazing that he exists as a actual player in the NHL. That he was just out there that, and this was within him and that the Sabres were thinking, "Listen, we need the exact opposite of what we just had, which is a player that grew up loving the Goathead-era jerseys right, right. and literally dreams of wearing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, can he also be good at hockey? And and we can get him in a trade. Right, because Kevin Adams, at the beginning of last season, talked a lot about players that want to be here. Did not 90% of the fan base roll their eyes and go, I did. Oh, okay. I mean, I still kind Who, who, who wants to be here? <laughs> like... I still kind of do. But the only players who want to be here are the ones that have to be here cuz they're on entry level contracts, right? right like right. that was that was the response to that. Or they found a guy. <laughs> right. Like they found one guy that actually did want to be here and he's this good? Yeah, it's amazing. And After really- like by the way, there was really maybe there were signs. I didn't watch him every night in Vegas and then the, well he only played a couple games in Minnesota. Maybe there were signs that this was in there, but by looking at his numbers. What did you No way. I mean, he had scored twenty goals once. He had his career high in points was fifty two, and did did anyone think there was a point a game player in there? No, probably and Vegas not. Vegas didn't trade him, thinking that. No, it would kept him. A lot of these guys with this team probably. I don't know if you thought Dylan Cousins was a point a game player or Jeff Skinner was going to be approaching a point a game player. The young guys, though, at least like there was a, an unknown factor there, though, right? Like because. I mean, Tuck had played 250 games in the league. Maybe that's not as much as I'm thinking it is. But, like, yeah, Skinner's good for this, too. Like, was that still in there? But, yeah, Tuck is just... The guy took a huge step forward in his age 26 season. Like, who other than Brad Marchand does that in the NHL? That hasn't done it before. Trying to think, not many. No, it's it's rare. It's it's like Kreider did it last year, I think, in New York. Yeah. But there's not many examples it's, of like, oh, you're 26, and suddenly you take this big step. Yeah, it's the I'm sure they got other sports where that is even like Rich Gannon won an MVP at 38 after yeah. being, just yeah. you know, a guy. Yeah, I mean they, they they've done they've done a million things right. They really have. They've done it, and part of what they also have done right is picked at the high at the top of the draft. You know, yeah. they skirted one era of picking at the top. And now we have a second era of picking at the top, which is Cousins. I'm sorry, which is Power and Mm Daleen. I mean, Cousins is a top 10 pick. They still have a bunch of really high picks. Two number oneers on their blue line, both being awesome Mm -hmm. and awesome early in their careers, have really set this thing on on the right track. They've identified a couple other pieces. You know, they've done a million things right. Isn't that the strength of their team, too? Like Power and Daleen? Maybe it's not. All the way there right now. I feel like those two is the thing that could put them over the top from like good team to like cup contender someday. Yeah, I think they've done just so much good on the ice. And if you go all the way back to when Kevin Adams said, guys that want to be here, you know, Darlene. So Darlene wrote a piece. It's not a Players Tribune piece, but it reads like one. Yeah. It's an open letter to the fans that Rasmus Darlene has posted at sabers.com. And talks about how great it is to be here and how he's starting to feel it with the city, the connection. He makes a connection to Ryan Miller and how the fan base remembers him. And you can see that the team is kind of starting to feel that. There's a, there's a clip from one of the nights they're black and red. Which night are they mic'd up? And Thompson says something to the effect of, like, a goal's going to the next 15 years. Oh, that is, what's the game where Quinn scores twice? Okay. Um, oh, this is going to kill me because I'm in the arena. I'll, f- I'll find it. Okay. But whatever it is, yeah, they're wearing black and red. They're wearing black and red, and Thompson goes to the bench to talk about like you know how how good things are going. He's like, next, fi- next 15 years. The idea that a lot of these guys are going to stay together, they're going to win a lot of games, it's going in the right direction. St. Louis. St. Louis, okay. It was their first game wearing black and red. I think, too, he maybe was referring to, he said that after Quinn scored a goal. Yeah. So, like, he was kind of referring to Quinn and Paterka, who yeah. were on the ice. And I think that one of the things that maybe if a Sabres fan is out there in the wild talking to other sports fans about any other team, you've probably believed in the plan that your team has laid out a hundred times. And then the hundred and first time you want to say, no, no, but this time I like, really what they've got is really, really working. And I, that's how I want to say about this. Like, I know a lot of us have believed in this plan or that plan. You mentioned, you know, the idea of hiring Ralph Kruger. Okay. This is different. Let's see how this goes. What the Sabres have in Don Granado and Kevin Adams and what they've built right now is a plan that pretty much from day one started looking better. That's one of the things about Granado's interim season. Mm-hmm. As soon as he took over, it started to look better. And you maybe didn't have as many people paying as close attention to the Sabres as are right now, mm-hmm. now that they're the most entertaining team in hockey, arguably. And I can remember during that interim coach season – coming on and saying, hey, listen, they may have lost you, but it is getting better. Things are getting better with Granado. And he would come on and say all the right things about playing an entertaining brand of hockey, about not punishing young players for mistakes. Like He just had all the right answers and people started to love his ideas. Mm. And then, boom, it's really starting to move in the right direction. Last year you get Thompson, 38 goals. Okay, so I've got a breakout player and Darlene rebounding in a year that's like, the slow build year, yeah, and then this year power shows up. Power here, we're, like here it is. It's it's happening. Yeah, the I almost want to feel like though did how many plans have they had? Like how many like the Bills drought? There was repeated times of hope that you would think, okay, this team might actually have something when they were four and zero with Edwards in in two thousand eight, and then in eleven when they were. and and they beat the Patriots, and I don't know, when they signed Mario Williams, it's like, okay, (laughs) here we go, like, how many different quarterbacks, how many different cores of players, how many different coaches, I mean, that could just be because that drought was six years longer, but here, we've ran through coaches, but hasn't the whole plan on the roster always been the same until this current plan? Like, wasn't it always, get Eichel... And then after that, just him, Reinhardt, talent at the top of the lineup, and just surround them with the best you can. Like, Wasn't that kind of – hasn't there just been one plan until this one? Well, they had 17 first and second round picks lined up, right? Which is more than they have currently on these last few that they've spent. And they traded some of them away. I mean, Murray yep. made some trades. They made some bad picks. Mm-hmm. They What they did was they stuck with failure. This team – with Granado, it's, you know what Granado's a little bit like to me? If I can make a comparison about the Don Granado era, it's been a lot like Josh Allen's career. And I don't mean like it's gotten to the highest, highest level. Mm. But he comes in and you say, I'm seeing enough that I'm not needing to change anything. right? And then by year two and a half to three, it's, I like what I've got. There was never... Sure. The, 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 the highest the heat got on Granado or Kevin Adams in the last two and a half years was the eight-game losing streak this year. Right, is that it? That's and kind of it. Yeah. That's kind of it with Samuelson hurt for that time and Comries in goal and that's not going well and uh oh, looks like they're falling out. That is the only real stretch where we would have taken maybe one call or had one conversation about is this really going the way we think it's supposed to? Because yeah, no, there were there were odds on like who the first coach fired was at the beginning of the year, and Granada was like tenth on the list and we all like laughed at it. Like, that's not happening. So no, there's never been a stretch of of disappointment, I i mean, they've hit on these picks, though, right? Like, it not part of it that, like... So, the, the roster surgery that was once promised by Bottrell in an offseason that kind of never happened, like, they just kind of finally did it to me. Like, they finally did it, and to their credit, they didn't have to go this way. They had all these picks and prospects, and they've hit on them. Mm-hmm. So, like... That's kind of it. Like you just don't have to do much else. Like they could trade for Timo Meyer or Thatcher Demko. Like they could make some move to put them over the top or to kind of fast forward it a little bit. But to me, the big difference and why we've never been at that point with Granado or Adams is they walked in, they smashed on those picks, and we've never really had to think about you know supplementing everything else because oh we've got all these holes. That's what <laughs> happened on the last regime was. Round and round and round was we. Had, there's no secondary scoring. There's no cavalry coming on the blue line, and our defensemen stink. Like there, it was always okay. They got to do patchwork with Marcus Johansson's or Eric Stahl's or Carter Hutton's. Like they had to do that stuff, and now it feels like they just walked in, made a bunch of picks, and for ten years they're not gonna have to do any of that. Well, the one thing that I think you say, like, what's different? And, and you know, in these, uh, in this chair, in this microphone, on these airwaves, I've had a few rants. Uh, they stopped playing actively bad players. What right? happened to they walked in they, and traded Ristolainen? They got rid of Rasmus Ristolainen. They stopped playing Vladimir Sobotka top six minutes. Oh, a player that that sh- that is the worst era of uh, uh, ho- ho- Sabers hockey. A player in my life. that should have been bought out was playing top six. Jeff Skinner's on the pra- on the taxi squad. Yeah, like the organization. For a long time, when people would write me an email or tweet, what has to change? And part of it was, you know, plenty of people are mad at Jack or Reinhardt, and you can can do that if you want. What changed was, and this sounds ridiculous, but I I really think it's true. (laughs) A professional hockey organization started to recognize the difference between good and bad players. Yeah. They were that bad at it. Right. They were that bad at it. And now whether they're, it's because they're data-driven or their coach is able to bring more out of them or play them to their natural strengths, whether that's Dalene, or if that's Owen Power or if that's Thompson Cousins, on down the list. Haven't they kind of made it hard to play bad players? Because I'm trying to look down the list right now. like Who would be the guy that would be playing 20 minutes? Ralph Kruger would be playing 20 minutes and we'd be going, oh, that guy's playing way too much. Jurgensen's. He would played sure. Gergensen's twenty minutes because he's defensively right. Got principles, and he's a veteran, and, and we need that leadership out there. And Paterka would have never seen the light of day on this roster. Like he would—that's ne- a good point. He would not have been on the team. Quinn would have been maybe in Rochester. Who I knows? think. I think when Kruger was here, Thompson was in Rochester, and Middle was on the practice squad, not playing. Yeah, and not that he's amazing, but like that was a twenty-two-year-old at the time that just nope. Taxi squad, and Thompson would not have been at center. Probably wouldn't have happened. No, nope. would power be? doing the things he's doing on the ice? Or would he just, you know, hey, dump it in and skate back to he'd your own zone be, and stand in front of the net? He'd be doing exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So they deserve a lot of credit for how things have gone. I, I'm I'm thrilled about it. You know, tonight's a, it, it's a big game. You're going. I'm going. Is it I'm a black excited. and red game? I feel oh, like they should wear black and I found red. the name, by the way. Labushkin would be on the top pair for <laughs> sure. No, no offense to Labushkin. He's right. fine on the third pair. Uh, I'm going tonight. They, I think, just because of... Seeing the the white pants at practice. Oh no! Think they're going reverse retro tonight. Okay, all right, that's all right, all right. We're gonna yeah, have. I'm warming up to them a get, little bit. Listen, a all, little bit. We all have to deal with some adversity, and I'm prepared to deal with this adversity. Of is heavy. that the most adversity they faced all year? It's white pants. The white pants are. They're tough. It's tough. Is it the worst thing about the team? Which is a compliment. Ooh. Again, is it the worst thing about them right now? It has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> what would even be second on that list? I mean, the, I like the the sweater. It is the pants that are, you know, going to this game tonight and you're going to rock all the all white. I mean, the dot lean letter yesterday, the fact that this is a home game sandwiched in between 11 days off coming up and a road trip. Like, when's the last time they were home? Is it two weeks at least? It's been a while. So this is like one home game kind of sandwiched in between a month without a home game. I'm kind of expecting that this bet arena is going to be packed tonight. It's a good opponent, too. Mm-hmm. They're not the Leafs, but they're they're great. So they're... I don't know how much of a draw the Hurricanes are. They should be because of how good they are. But, yeah, I'm expecting an atmosphere tonight. They're, you're kind of getting that more and more night to night. Like, you wondered at the beginning of the year, like, when will the fans come back? Like and Like, what will it take for that to happen? The season ticket base was more, I think, what that was about. But... Walk ops is helping this right now, night to night. The building is fuller, like there are still those Tuesday night games against the Panthers or the Islanders, and, and where, tonight is Wednesday against Carolina, yeah, so like maybe at, maybe 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 there's be twelve thirteen thousand there. I kind of feel like it's going to be close to a sellout, yeah, I hope so they, the, the vibes would tell you that right now they they play better in front of full crowds we've we've gone through some of the stats on that. they have a much better record when the attendance is seventeen thousand plus than under seventeen thousand. If not tonight, their next home game is a Saturday at 1230. And, you know, we've been to a couple of the afternoon games. They're not all quite kids' day games, but kids are at those games. We bring our kids to the afternoon games a bunch. And, uh, you know, those, those are generally pretty well attended. Our adversity is coming to an end because apparently this is the last game of the season they will be wearing reverse retros. Okay, all right. They played, they scheduled eight games. They have, this is it. This is the eighth and final game. Three of them were on the road. Two. So they only played five home games in what's, reverse retro. What's their record in these jerseys? Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Unless we want to remember real quickly, Pittsburgh on November 2nd, that's the first time they wear them, they win that game. That's like they score four goals in the third period. They're down two. Mm-hmm. That was one of those first games of the year where it's, oh, my God, look how much this team can score. Uh, Boston at home in November 12th. They probably lost that game, just to guess. The Devils, the Penguins. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. All right. Well, last game, farewell, goodbye, no more white pants. And that jersey probably never gets <clears throat> eh. worn again either. Would white pants work if you had a, a blue jersey? Um, No. I think it's... More, oh, maybe. No, I think it's more about the white pants in general. Isn't There's got to be something scientific why football and baseball white pants look just fine, but in hockey white, fan, white pants look bad. Is, it's because it's the, ice, ice? the surface. Isn't probably, it? It's probably just the ice. Yeah, the surface is is white. You can't. If you want to go back, and do blue ice, then you can wear the <laughs> white pants. Yeah. Another thing that happened along the way. That did happen. That was not. <laughs> that was not. During the drought No, though. that's like the that's, lockout. Yeah, that's oh like four oh five when they tinted the ice blue and made the blue lines yellow. Yes. That happened. We've lived a life here, you know? <laughs> we <We've, laughs> some things have happened. What a life we've lived. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you want to chime in on, you know, just the Sabres general vibe. There's a big game tonight. They got they got Carolina. And if they win, they can move into a playoff spot. Carolina won last night in overtime, so you know, with the Sabres having a little bit of a break in Carolina playing last night, I wonder if it's not early edge Carolina, late edge Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. You've got good young legs for this team, but you might have a little bit of rust to shake out. Good to hear Tage is back at practice, Cousins and Samuelson. Like, neat, n- nobody's seriously in a spot where they're going to miss a lot of time, which, you know, is one thing this team probably needs to avoid for some of their bigger players. I lied, by the way. The reverse retro night that was scheduled in Columbus for December 27th. Oh, here that we go. That was during the blizzard. So, so that game got postponed, and I believe I believe they're at Columbus the final night of the season. Did they make that game up already, or is that going to be the final game of the season? That's a good question. You're me you're going to end the season in the uh, reverse retros with the white pants? I think they might. Would you take clinching a playoff spot wearing those pants? Yes, of course. We'd all take yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Look at you. You threw more adversity at me this more. morning. I thought it was the last game, that, and now that, we get at least one more. No, I think it's going to be that final night. Final night of the season, I think. Are they obligated to wear them, game. or can they just say, like, ah, oh, that game got canceled? Um, yeah, they could they probably just not wear them, right? Yeah. Alright. We'll get Paul Hamilton coming up in about an hour for a, uh, a preview. And throughout the show, some football guests as well. We're going to have Joe Marino of the Draft Network at 8 o'clock. Senior Bowl going on this week. He's down in Mobile. We'll talk about um the Bills, as they head to free agency, some big decisions to make. We love our weekly talks with Joe coming up 8 o'clock on Wednesdays. Sean McIndoe of um, – where is he at? Uh, Puck Soup Podcast. Thank you. Puck yes. Soup Podcast. Uh, he'll join us coming up at 9. He's on the Sabres wagon, which is nice. Yes. So we'll do that at 9 o'clock. And uh, take your calls. Talk football as well. I've got a bunch of stuff to get to about the Sean Payton hire. That's big news for Denver. And, you know, we spent all last offseason talking about, oh, wow, look at the AFC Here's another feather in the cap for the AFC, a good coach. So, plenty to get to. If you want to talk on the Sabres, you can join us Eight zero three zero five fifty 550 here on
0: WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
2: I hate to break your heart, but the, o- the only way to be in a playoff spot is after the 82nd game of the year. So we ge- we have lots more work to do, and we're going to keep doing it. The only thing we have in control of, as I keep saying, is tomorrow or uh, tomorrow's against Carolina, and we'll stay very, very focused on that. Do our best to take care of that as we should.
3: Sabers head coach Don Granato. We talk to him every. Tuesday, usually, joined us yesterday. Good morning. Jeremy White, Sneaky Joe. We saw the sun yesterday. Are we seeing it today? I haven't um, checked yet. I'm going to... It's a complete guess. I'm going to guess yes. It stayed sunny pretty much all yesterday. We're it? looking at a yes. All right, good. Sun comes good. up in about an hour and appears that uh, we will have it through most of the day. There were stats on just... I mean, it's it's bleak when the sun doesn't come out that much. Do you uh, want the stats about how cloudy and how sunny it's been? I don't even... it. it like it's like 11 days since December 1st. Oh, it's even like a bigger scope than that. So, Mike Doyle, who is a uh, meteorologist at Channel 4, he had January had only two partly cloudy days and zero sunny days until yesterday. It was the first sunny day hmm. of the month. And the last sunny to mostly sunny day in Buffalo before yesterday was November 26th. Oh, that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> that's insane. It's been two months. Yeah, two months of this. That's that's the day of the Michigan Ohio State football game. That's that was how so long, long ago we went without a sunny day. I tweeted this yesterday. I'm just I'm daydreaming about going down to the arena wearing shorts. Yeah, that feeling is amazing. When it is sunny out, it is warm, you're wearing shorts and a T shirt, and you care about a hockey game that's going on that night. Yeah, pictures from O five O six, O six, oh seven, May hockey games wearing yeah. a jersey and shorts. Yes. Jersey and shorts, come on. That's one Get thing. Give me there. I I never experienced a Sabres p- playoff game in the party in the plaza. Oh. And you know, to hear yep. the, to hear the people tell the stories of being out in the party in the plaza for the max goal or other things. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it might have been every bit as good as actually being in the building. I w- I think for that game I am there. Um, well that game I definitely am there. I, I assume I stayed long enough for the max goal. It it's a yeah. I mean it's more. Well, I guess in the arena it was this too, just more rowdy. I guess kind of. Yeah. It's like more of a tailgate kind of atmosphere. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah. Like the the. The craziness that goes on in that, like the, it's like being in the arena in a way because, like, you're doing the "Let's Go Buffalo" chant and everybody is reacting to to the every play, you know, the same way you would in the arena, yelling and whatnot. The chants, like at the goaltender, like all that was <laughs> happening outside. I'm thinking back to when Toronto won the title, the NBA. How I was never jealous of being in the building. I was jealous of outside. Oh, uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Jurassic Park, where they had thousands of fans outside in the plaza watching yep. those games. The like, Milwaukee Bucks did that, too, with the uh, the Deer District. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What are we going to call it? It's got to have a cooler name than it, Party in the Plaza. You're right, it has to. Um, I mean, Deer District and Jurassic Park, those are both really good. Those are sweet. Do the Leafs call it something when, when they do it? Because the Leafs do it. Maple well. Leaf Square. Well,
2: that that's they, they, where they it, it me- happens.
3: Like they call Jurassic Park when it's the Raptors, and yep. that's at Maple Leaf Square. Um, what are we gonna call it here? The the something about like a herd, because you know, we gonna make the play on Buffalo. We got to do something with it. We'll think about it. We've we've got, well, hopefully we've got two months, two and a half months. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna get back to where the last time this team had a playoff race was. The year they, what, they sneak in and they get into the seven spot? Yes. Lindy Ruff. I year, still remember this. The year the Pagoulas by the team, they come from last. They were in last place in January, and yeah. they get into the seven spot, I think. Lindy Ruff got, like, inducted into maybe it was the Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. He got something like that. And I remember some video of him slamming the podium he's at and, like, cursing and like, bleep we're we're going to make the bleep in playoffs this year and then they immediately after that won like five or six or seven in a row they wanted some winning streak and then it was a lot of well they got to be the best team in hockey the rest of the way to have a 50% (laughs) chance of making the playoffs and then they were like the second best team in hockey the rest of the way so they went on a run there but it came late like we weren't by this point in that season I don't think we were that hopeful. I'm I'm trying to think back to when I was in high school for this, remember? It's how long it's been for me. Yeah, it's been a long time. It'd be so welcome to have, you know, as, all, all the things you're talking about bringing back, like shorts, sunshine. Scoreboard watching is back already, I think. It is. I was Did you watch any of that game last night? Washington-Columbus? I did not watch any. I was keyed into it a little bit. I saw yeah. 3-3. Yeah. You know, when it's 3-3, you pretty much know late, okay, they're getting at least a point because games don't end in regulation when they're tied. I turned it on when it was 3-3, and I was into it. Like, they almost, Columbus almost won it like three times in the final minute. They had Washington on their heels. Like, I I was reacting, and like, my mood was changing based on the Blue Jackets and rooting for them. By the way, there's not a game you want later in the season where you need something from that team. I mean, they were they were in it three three. That is not. I mean, they're last in the East. So this isn't saying much. They are not a good team. No, really bad. But scoreboard watching will be back. Yes, it will. It are, like you said, it kind of already is. So Sabres and Canes tonight, seven thirty, and a TNT game, eight oh three oh five fifty to join us. I want to ask you a thought quick about Sean Payton. I think it's a great deal for Denver. A first it, and a second. round It's pick. probably a great deal. They be- basically traded Bradley Chubb in a second for him. Yeah, because it's the Bradley Chubb pick that they got, and I think, generally, it's not done enough. How much is a coach worth? Relate it to the value of a player, right? Mm-hmm. How much is a, is a coach worth? And if you, they can do, analytics, expected goals, blah blah blah. I, yeah. I, I don't even know the phrase you'd use, but. One that jumps out at me, one that sticks out to me, is that Bruce Boudreau, when he when he joins a team in the NHL, he does well. He's won everywhere. Now, some believe that he hits a ceiling and he can only get you so far. But coaches in hockey, coaches in football, relate their worth to me on a player-to-player basis. Is this guy worth a starting left guard? Is this guy worth a number 2 receiver? You know, you can do that a little bit. And... When it comes to Sean Payton, Kevin Cole, who formerly a pro football focus, now he's got a podcast called Unexpected Points, he says basically Payton is worth a win a year. He's he's that much better than a year. than the average coach that he's worth a win a year. Which is probably second most behind a quarterback. Behind a quarterback, it is. right? Yep. Yeah. That means he's worth more to your roster than Tyreek Hill. Sean <laughs> Payton would be. Yeah. And is Tyreek Hill worth a first and a second? Yes. He got traded for more than that, didn't right, he? Right. Yeah. So it ends up looking like a big price to pay because you're not getting a player, you're getting a coach. And I would hope that Payton is 100% invested and Denver's getting, you know, the best version of Sean Payton. Who knows, you know, what his what he really wanted coming back. He's going to get Denver and Russell Wilson and some good weapons on that offense. So maybe he can get the most out of Russell Wilson, who of course looked terrible in Nathaniel Hackett's offense, but like Bruce Boudreaux, I'm sorry to make this point. The comparison was he's worth about a 20-goal score. Now, mm-hmm. when you, if, if you were to say that Team X acquires a 20-goal score, it'd be like, oh, nice move, right? Yeah. And with a coach, it's not always used in those terms. So if Kevin Cole's right that he's worth about a win a year, that means he is the second most important player in that organization, person, behind yeah. a quarterback who is the most important Figure in really is, any organization is is he saying that about Peyton specifically? Peyton specifically, okay, worth a win a a full win a year because I did see a chart where like it was wins above replacement for coaches from like two thousand nine to two thousand uh, to twenty twenty, and he was maybe third, only behind Belichick and Andy Reid, and that was it. Yeah, so I guess it comes down to how confident you are that he's going to be that same guy, and you should be fairly like you should be confident, right? You you he, could be. He, I mean, he put up. There was someone else that was talking about the Saints, the, his last season with Taysom Hill Jameis. and Jameis and Bridgewater, maybe, like J- as a trio. Yeah. Jameis and had sorry, go ahead. It, it was just like the, the yards yards per attempt on the season, they were like top ten with that yeah. quarterback group. Jameis had his best season on explosive plays and his best season on turnover percentage. Yeah, like that kind of stuff can be baked in. It's a little bit of, you know, getting off on a football point here generally Josh threw his most interceptions and fumbles of his career this year. Yeah. How much of that is on Ken Dorsey? Not all of it, but the offense you play in is definitely going to have an effect on how many times you put the ball into a tighter window versus, you know, a guy that's schemed wide open. So it's not saying that's Dorsey's fault, but he he plays a role in that just like Allen does. And, you know, for for Jameis Winston to throw thirty interceptions in a Bruce Arians offense and then go to Sean Payton and yeah. Be totally serviceable. Yeah. <laughs> it's not to say Arians is bad, because I think Arians is very good, but there are different fits for different guys yep. and a different system will will suit you much better. So we'll you know, see how Peyton and Wilson work out. But I think the Peyton trade for the for the Broncos is totally worth it. What's amazing is Winston, who his previous year starting, he had thirty three touchdowns and thirty interceptions. He only started seven games that year because I think he got injured for Sean Payton, but he had he had 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. That's a 16 game pace of 34 touchdowns and six interceptions for Jameis Winston. Like he cut, he cut his interceptions by more than three it, times. Right, like 80 percent. Yeah, the math there, 30 down to six. But is Russell Wilson capable of being salvaged? I guess it's a good question. If he's not, that's the other thing about this with regard to how much a coach is worth. If you, if I'm to tell you, you get a receiver. How long is that receiver going to be at his peak for you? Uh, six years. Sure. How long is a coach going to be at his peak for you? Well, maybe 10? Maybe forever. Maybe 15? Yeah. So a first and a second round pick, I'm seeing a lot of, wow, what a haul for the Saints. And listen, it's a great deal for them because an entity that wasn't serving them at all just becomes a first and second round pick. So that's found money for the Saints. 100% a great deal for the Saints. By the way, it's a win uh, It's a win for you, an extra win for you every year is what the value is, and he doesn't affect your salary cap. Exactly. like It's another way that the value for a first and a second is, is actually there, yes. Does it matter to you at all, though? I mean, I guess if he's there, it's the same effect. Does it matter to you at all that some of the reporting is that he <laughs> was like their third choice? No. They wanted... Well, they flew out for Harbaugh and then they wanted D'Amico Ryans. They could have, that could have just been two they didn't want to pay the first and second round pick. That's pro, that could be right. It doesn't matter because it's a little... Let's get to more players and more more player comparisons. If you draft a receiver in the second round, but you wanted a different one... It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. And then the guy that you drafted is great. Okay. He's mm-hmm. fine. We'll get a phone call in here. Jerry and Kenmore. Jerry, good morning
2: morning uh you know you bring back a a lot of memories from sabers playoff games and uh just the whole curtis brown scored an overtime goal against the flyers and it was a day game and uh, you know i just remember being outside in the daylight and it was warm and the atmosphere outside was the same as it was in the arena you know everybody just and and i'm going to be 60 before the end of the year I was 43 years old when that happened, to put it in perspective. The, the the Carolina overtime, you know, the 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 Game 7 loss, it was crazy hot that day. I remember being um, in a room in my house. It was the only room that was air-conditioned, and there were 12 people in this room watching this game because it was so hot outside. Uh, I'd, I'm looking very forward to games that are played in, in May or even into June, and, and it just... It's amazing how fast and, and how much time has really gone by.
3: Yeah, being outside, I can remember the game five series win against the Flyers mm-hmm. in oh five oh six. They win that game three nothing. Yeah, and that game I remember being at. It was a Sunday afternoon, I think Sunday, Saturday or Sunday afternoon. It was a day the, again. Like sometimes this is what you remember: day yeah. game. Was it a day game? Was it a night game? Um, and that one's a day game where they you know, played great, three nothing shutout, and I can remember what I was wearing to that game. How old am I in that? I'm twenty seven mm-hmm. at the time. Anyway, yes, yeah, right about. I mean, you remember the weather? Yes, it's getting also to a point. He mentions like his age changing. The Bills, like a whole generation of fans, went without seeing anything, like no playoffs, and. We're not maybe quite at a whole generation without that, without Saber fans experiencing a playoff run or just making the playoffs, but it's getting to that point. I mean, I mentioned I was in high school the last time they made the playoffs. Like, you don't want it to go on much longer. Yeah, it'd be great to you know break it this year rather than go to the off season with another year of okay, just you know next year's the year. The, the last time they hosted a playoff game. I don't think I was I don't believe I was at the party in the plaza for this game. This is game 6 against Philadelphia. That it's I think the reason I wasn't there is because it, it was Easter. Easter Sunday. Uh but it was 56 and sunny that day. But well, it sounds perfect sounds party amazing. in the perfect party in the, <laughs> the plaza weather. 56 and sunny right now sounds incredible. What is it? 11 degrees outside and it's going to be like negative 25 or at least it feels like it's going to be like in the negatives. Yeah. Friday night into Saturday, it's gonna be absurdly cold. Oh fifty six and sunny. Fifty six and sunny in a hockey game. Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. I've got a draft conversation for you coming up top of the hour as we get ready for you know Senior Bowl week and start looking at what the Bills have to do. The Tremaine Edmonds conversations out there. I heard you had a lot of that yesterday. The Extra Point Show. Yeah, follow up with that as well. Eight zero three zero five fifty two. Join us. Happy Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Sabers and Canes tonight seven thirty on TNT. Big game for the Sabers as they uh, continue their push toward the playoffs. We get it.
2: Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix.
3: All right, quick segment here. Jeremy White, Jody Biasi. Premier League's back this weekend. My uh, my Arsenal team plays Everton. Let me make a, make a quick comparison. Let me see if you can, if you get on the uh, on my, my mind wave, brain wave, mindset, whatever. I was thinking about this this race. So Arsenal's in first in the Premier League. It reminds me of the Sabers' tank season.
1: I okay. know it's like the opposite. They're going it's for like first, complete opposite. and the
3: Sabers were going for last. Uh huh. And I had this thought on the way in because I'm thinking about the game coming up and then their next game and then their next game. And every game is going to be important. And it reminded me of back during the tank, you know, forget about how you felt about it if you were on board with that idea at the time. It was a thrilling season and every game mattered, right? Right. What do they have in common? Neither had a playoff. Yes. Okay. And in in a sports world where we are constantly – Adding playoff teams mm-hmm. and diminishing the value of the regular season that goes for everybody, even though in the NFL both one seeds are through. They've added a playoff team, now we're up to seven in each conference. Yep. Major League Baseball keeps adding playoff teams. The NBA has gone to basically ten teams that will get to after their regular season. Yeah. College football's expanded again from four now to eight. So everywhere you go, regular seasons mean less and less because more teams get in. And of course, the tank. That was a different lifestyle. Yes, you're rooting against your own team, which was hard for a lot of people. But you were rooting for every single minute, every single point. Yep. mattered. And that and they is, were all the same. They're all worth the same. Exactly. exactly. Every yeah. game's worth the same. And in a Premier League title race, a lot of that is the same. You know, you could say, well, you know, playing the number two team, if you la- whatever. If you get your points, you get your wins. You can end it, and mm-hmm. there is no postseason. And it's one of the things that I think, you know, if anybody's started to become a fan of the Premier League along the way, it's nice to have that as a different experience. I'm not saying I'd want mm. no playoffs in the NFL or that I'd want to bring it anywhere else. Sure. And I'd say the same of, you know, anytime you bring this up, people will say, well, promotion and relegation would be great in hockey. I think, no, I, I, I don't need it anywhere else. I've got this one sport that has this. Yep. And it's good. It's, it's good. Right. Because hockey, there are, I like it too. There are negatives to it. Like right now, if you had that format in hockey... The season would have been over a month ago because Boston's like 12 points above everybody. Yeah, and they would probably just win the league. Yeah. Yep. But that would mean, th- what that is is they're the best team. Sure. That's what happens. They play a balanced schedule. Everybody plays the same schedule. And whoever has the best record is the best. And that is obviously the best way to determine who's the best. Over yep. here, though, a lot of money to be made on, all right, these are the good teams. Let's have them play in a tournament. Is, and- is- is, is that this is almost a different point? I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole. Isn't that because you are creating more meaningful games though by doing a playoff format? Like right now, how much would the saber games matter if there was no playoffs? Like but, how many teams games would they feel like our games matter if it was a Premier League system? Oh, that's that's fair. This is like the the old, the old college football system was like this, where you know you play your games, and if you lost, you weren't going to win the national title because sure. it was going to be basically down to two teams that are playing and. Yeah, your games stop mattering if you lose. Yeah. But until that happens, while you're in the race, you know we've gone so far in college football, Joe, where the SEC championship game doesn't matter, or Michigan-Ohio State didn't matter. Mm -hmm. At the moment, it felt like this super important game. Then they both made the playoff. And it didn't, yeah. So, like I said, I'm not pushing for any sort of change. Yeah. It's just, it sticks out to me that having different formats in your favorite sports along the way is, uh, I don't know, for me it's a welcome change. Are you as into Arsenal right now as you would have been that Sabre season? Yes. Nice. Yes. That's I think that's saying something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. All right. When we get back, I want to have a draft conversation. We need to have a draft, okay. a bit of a draft intervention with, I know you're not supposed to elevate. That implies that someone yeah, needs to yeah. be, they need to be changed in a well, way. I know you're not supposed to elevate the fringes, but we need to draw attention and make sure that we're all being supportive of Bills fans that need a little support going into this draft. I'll explain on the other side.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.